Hello, mama. I hope that your November, I think that's when this is going to air. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so out of the loop because baby's coming and I don't know my schedule with episodes. Okay. I hope your November or December is going so great <laughs> and that you're feeling all the cozy fall feels and all the holidays coming up and you're just enjoying this time of the year. I know for me, as I'm recording this, uh, baby boy is coming any day and uh, Halloween was a couple days ago and that meant that I allowed myself and my children to start listening to Christmas music yesterday and oh, it made my heart so happy. I know some of you are disgusted by that and maybe you'll never listen to me again. <laughs> <laughs> because you're offended um, at how early I listen to Christmas music. And I'm obviously half joking, but I know some of you are passionate about when uh, when we should start listening to Christmas music. And many people are in the camp that you need to wait until after Thanksgiving. And while I actually spent most of my life in that camp, what happened and why I converted was because by the time, if I waited until after Thanksgiving, by the time Christmas was over, I wasn't sick of Christmas music. I was sad that I couldn't listen to it anymore or that I didn't feel right to listen to it anymore. And so I made the conversion a couple years ago to begin after Halloween because I just really wanted to soak up a little bit more time in this season. And you know, last year we even put up our Christmas decorations right after Halloween, partly because my daughter, oh wait, that was two years ago. What did we do last year? I don't know. Anyways, sometimes we put up our Christmas decorations after Halloween. I don't know what we're going to do this year, um, but I want to hear what you do. Please come share with me like your, your beliefs on this topic. <laughs> When do you put on Christmas music? When do you decorate the house? What are your rules, your go-to things? Uh, pop into the Facebook group. I'd love to, <laughs> we should start a discussion on this because it's a very important discussion. So if you're not in there, make sure you get in there. You can uh, pop into Facebook and find uh, search for Morning Mama Collective. You can find the link in the show notes. I would love to see you over there. Uh, Lauren leads our Facebook community and she is so incredible and has so much wisdom and encouragement for for you. And there's just some amazing women in there that want to share this space of motherhood with you. So go uh, tell us all your passionate feelings on this topic. I know I'm feeling good because I get my Christmas music. Now I just want to play it in the background as I'm talking to you, but no, it's gonna, not going to work as soon as I'm done. <laughs> I'm putting on some Christmas music. And uh, luckily, our uh, weather in Southern California has cooperated with this conversion because it's been really uh, cozy the past couple of days. So it's been so perfect. I'm in full holiday mode. And and with that, I have uh, a little bit of a holiday episode for you. Really uh, <laughs> not holiday in like a joyous sense because this is a very challenging topic we're going to dive into today. And actually, it's a topic that God has had on my heart for a while uh, to, to speak on, but it really fits so nicely with the holidays coming up because I know so many of us are going to be going into environments that are less than ideal, that there are hard difficult relationships that we're going to have to face. And it's not going to be always peaches and sunshine and roses and the things. 
it's going to be challenging. And so we're going to talk today um, about what the Bible says about what to do with our enemies. And now I know you might not like put these relatives as into the category of enemies, but if, if the Bible says this about enemies, he also is going to say this about people that are challenging, you know, that, that, so we're going to go there. So prepare your heart. It's challenging one, but it's what God calls us to. And anything God calls us to is going to be worth it. As hard as it is, as much as it tests us and stretches us, ultimately it's the best because he made us. He knows what we need. He knows how to instruct us to live. And when we follow his concepts and his laws, that's when we live the best lives. So I am excited to share this with you. And I love just anytime we get to talk about the holidays, even if it's in a challenging topic. So get a cozy sweater and a blanket and a cup of tea or coffee. And let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right. So mama, as the holidays are quickly approaching us, I just feel it's the perfect time to share something that's been on my heart for a while. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to go into these holiday gatherings and to get to be the light of Jesus and to be obedient to what he calls us to. And, and just bottom line, how to navigate these challenging relationships and For so many of you, I know that there's going to be at least one, at least one of these challenging relationships as you go into your holidays. Um, And they're not easy. And, and the conflict that's there, it can because can be because of so many different reasons. There could have been a falling out. There could be unresolved disagreements. There could be hardened hearts on either side. Um, you could have been treated really poorly by this person or these, these people. Um, it could be people kind of overstepping their boundaries or overstepping their opinions. Um, there is just so many reasons why going into these atmospheres might be challenging for many of us. And obviously a big one too is grief, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, Today we're going to focus on the challenges that come from these relationships that test us, that that, um, are uncomfortable, that might not be the people we choose to see day in and day out. However, they are in our lives, which means that God wants to use us in that. God has something for us in that. And so we're going to face that challenging conversation today. And, you know, it's it's something that I've been kind of seeing a lot lately. Um, I have had just a lot of people that I've been talking with or working with that these kind of 
strained relationships have come up. There's been a lot of the girls in the academy that have um, talked about hard relationships in their life and, and what those challenges look like and, and how they're having to navigate those and, and what to do. And, you know, I've also just had a lot of friends, I feel like lately, that have been talking about hard relationships and ways they've been wronged and trying to navigate them well. And so I found myself in this seat of, you know, people coming to me for advice or encouragement or, or, you know, just kind of sharing with me. And, you know, as I'm about to share with them and give them advice, you know, my first kind of instinct as I'm listening is like, I don't know what to do. Like, it's not okay what this other person is doing. It seems like you're doing everything in your power to remedy it, or you have the right to be hurt, right? And that's like my knee-jerk reaction when I hear these things is, you know, I kind of want to protect the person. I kind of want to get a little bit angry for what's happening. And I, and I want to just stand up and be like, yeah, you shouldn't take that. That's not okay. Right. And just kind of get upset at the other person. And uh, luckily, God um, kind of speaks to me as I continue to listen to in these moments because there's a second wave that he has continued to bring to my mind, which you'd think by now would be, you know, uh, automatic, like it's like the first wave of what happens. But no, I, I initially always have this other wave of feeling like I need to defend them and I need to tell them to stand up and fight for their rights and whatever it is, right? Kind of kind of some of the things that culture tells us. But as I listen, God slowly gets seeps into my heart. Praise the Lord that he's, he's able to get in there. And God reminds me and has just recently reminded me of this verse again and again that we're going to kind of focus our discussion on. And it's a challenging one. Prepare your heart. Uh, this verse that he keeps reminding me of is Matthew 5, 43 and 44. And it says this, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So this is Jesus talking. This is part of his sermon on the Mount. Um, and I love that he kind of starts off this way. He's speaking to culture. Like this is kind of a lot of what we do here is speaking directly about what we hear in culture and how the Bible says something different about it, how God has something different to say about it. And so in the time of Jesus, they had actually something really similar happening in their culture where it says, uh, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? Is, is that not <laughs> so much about what's happening in our culture today? Uh, if, if you don't like something that someone did, cancel them, right? Cancel. Just delete them. Never need to see their face again. Never need to hear any peep from them. They should basically be destroyed and uh, just punished for doing something potentially wrong. Um, and if you disagree with someone, set up a boundary. You just need to cut them out of your life. Bye, Felicia. We're, we're done. It's good. Have a good life, right? There's, there's so much of this mentality in our culture that says just to cut off, just to push aside, just if anyone even remotely gets close to hurting you or disagreeing with you, we should shove them aside and uh, be done with them forever. And that is how the world sees it. So that's very much what it sounds like was happening in Jesus time, uh, that you should love your neighbor. Okay. Yeah. And our culture says that too, right? Love your neighbor. We're all about love. All about, uh, what is that word? Um, uh, acceptance, tolerance, diversity, right? We were all about that love until someone disagrees with us, until someone maybe hurts us, 
until someone does something that uh, feels counterintuitive to our beliefs, then we we take away this idea of love and unity and we switch to the hate, right? We say, cut off, cancel, you're out, you're done, kapush, kapish. What's the word? <laughs> I don't know. And that is what was happening back then too. So this is not new to our world. Jesus recognized it back then and it's still here now, just in a different form with social media and all the things. And so we got to start off by recognizing what culture says, because what culture says has absolutely in some ways seeped into how we view the world, has seeped into our beliefs, even when, if we, if, if we were not careful to, um, to hold every thought captive, to hold every belief captive, to to hold every idea captive and hold it to the light of Christ and the light of God's word, then we absolutely have taken in some of these beliefs for ourselves. And I believe it's it's almost impossible to get every thought and every um, belief and hold it captive initially. Like this is a long process. This is a daily thing that happens. And so, so often in pretty much all of us, I I dare say all of us, some of these cultural beliefs have snuck into how we see the world. And so we have to begin by recognizing what does the world say about this? And why do I have this tendency to react this way? And that's kind of like what I've been sharing with you is my first reaction, right? When I'm hearing people talk about these things, my first reaction is, oh my gosh, that's not okay. Cut them off. Be done. Cancel, right? That is coming from the voice of culture. But now we shift to what God says, what his word says, and get ready for it. If you haven't heard this, then Jesus went on after this. He said, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Whoa, Jesus. I think this is a typo. Um, love my enemies. Uh, I don't know about that. That, that, that doesn't really work. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. That sounds like a boundary violation to me. I don't know about you, but I I don't think I can do this. (laughs) Right? Pray for those who are against me. Pray for those who are hurting me. I'm supposed to pray for them. I'm supposed to, to, to ask for your blessing over them. Like, what? This doesn't make sense. This must be wrong. This cannot be right. Right? Like, uh, many of us have heard that verse before, but have you really sat in the reality of what that means for us? What does that mean as Christ followers? And so I, as I was preparing to talk on this to you today, I looked up the definition of persecute because, you know, when we think about enemies, we think about people that are against us, right? And, and again, maybe the people that you have in mind that you're about to see at Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatnot, maybe you don't count them as enemies, but if the Bible's going as far as saying your enemies deserve this kind of treatment, that means pretty much everyone deserves this kind of treatment, right? So even people that are not quite an enemy, but are challenging relationship, are uncomfortable, are offensive, are irritating, whatever word you want to ascribe to them, that would apply to them as well, right? Because the extreme is an enemy. And so anyone in the middle there would also deserve this kind of treatment, if not better, (laughs) right? So we're talking about everyone here that we know, 
Now, persecute, I was just trying to understand and shed some light for you about what we're talking about here. And and I I just thought it was helpful to look up the definition. And here's a few of the definitions I found. It's to subject someone to hostility and ill treatment. So people that have been hostile to you, people that have treated you badly. Another one is to harass or annoy someone persistently. So if anyone has just annoyed you persistently, right, with their beliefs, I mean, I can think of some political discussions that might be about to come up that might just annoy you a little bit, right? Okay. Um, Another definition is to harass or punish in a manner designed to injure, grieve, or afflict. So now we're talking about people that have intentionally hurt you. Um, people that have gone out of their way to hurt you. Maybe these are really close relatives. Maybe these are parents. Maybe these are best friends. Maybe these are siblings and uh, whoever it is, they have gone out of their way to hurt you, to wound you, to punish you for something right? We're not talking about small things here. This is what persecute means. And as a reminder, the verse says to pray for those who persecute you. Okay. Even some similar words that they uh, listed along with persecute said the similar words are oppress, abuse, victimize. So we look at these definitions of enemies and persecution and this, this means that anyone that has wronged you falls into this category. Anyone that's offended you, anyone that's hurt you, everyone is in this category. So are we really supposed to love them? Are we really supposed to pray for them? What does that look like? Now, definition wise, I had to go back and say, okay, what does love really mean? What does that look like? And I tried to, I tried to kind of Google the definition of love and I I didn't get anywhere with the dictionary. I'm sure if I dug far enough, maybe I could find something, but ultimately I think culture is pretty confused about the definition of love. I think, uh, you know, people think of romantic love, people think of, and even in that they're really confused. Like there's just a lot of misconceptions about what love is. And so I realized I need to go to the Bible. I need to go to the source to define what love is. And so uh, many of you know, we have an amazing definition of love found in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And so I'm going to read this to you. So when we're thinking about what God is calling us to with these people that have hurt and offended us, this is what it says. We're to love them, right? Okay. So it says, this is 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 7. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is what love looks like. Wow. When we think back to those relationships, the ones that I know that are on your heart right now, and you think about treating them in this way, right, where we don't, we don't hold any resentment. We don't celebrate when something bad happens to them and they're hurt. We aren't arrogant and thinking, oh, I have every right to treat you this way because of what you did to me. And um, I am, I have not done that to you, right? That's arrogance. We, We aren't rude to them. 
We aren't irritable. And now thinking of marriage, like that's a, that's a big one. We're not irritable, but we rejoice with the truth. We bear all things. We hope for all things. We believe all things. We're hopeful for a different outcome. We hold onto the hope that we can only find in Jesus for something different. So how do we do this? Like this is pretty intense, right? Like how do we live this out? It's hard enough to do all of these things with our kids, right? And with our spouse. It's hard enough to do these things with people that treat us well and who love us back, let alone with someone that's wronged us, that's hurt us, that's offended us, that disagrees with us. How in the world are we supposed to do this, God? I don't get it. <laughs> but the verse actually kind of holds the secret, if you will, to, to being able to do this. And that's in the second part. It says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And it's in this prayer that we find the capacity to love people. I don't know if you've ever tried just sitting down and when you're feeling so angry at someone, you're feeling so hurt and wronged by someone and you start praying for them. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but, and I can't think of a specific example in my life, but there's definitely been moments where I felt wronged. I felt hurt. I felt angry. Maybe, maybe, you know, my marriage that comes up a lot because I think most of us, there's a lot, a lot in our marriages that could trigger that. Right. And so I'll, I'll feel so offended and so wronged by something my husband did. And I'll feel so justified in my anger. And, and maybe I am. Maybe he really did do something wrong to me. Maybe he really wasn't loving me the way he should as a husband. But as I start praying for him, it's crazy how God immediately begins shifting my heart. And as I start praying for him, immediately my heart is softened. And I think about the pain that he's carrying. And I think about how his choice probably came out of that pain. And then I think about how I, whether it was in this moment or a previous moment, have contributed to that pain, right? And I think about, wow, actually, I, ugh, I'm i not so innocent myself. I've, I've done things to hurt him too. And I'm no perfect wife. I'm no perfect human. Right. And, and I start thinking about myself in a different light. My, my pride slowly shifts off. I'm, I leave that arrogance behind and I slowly start to have empathy and compassion for him and thinking about what he's walked through in that day or in his lifetime or in our marriage or whatever it is. And I begin seeing the bigger picture of like a wounded child, right? Like, cause we're all God's kids and so whoever it is that you're feeling wronged by, like they're God's kids. And at some point they were wounded and people hurt them. And it doesn't make it okay for them now to hurt someone else. It's not excusable, but we got to remember the full picture. They're not necessarily just out to get us. Actually, their bad behavior has far more, I guarantee you, far more, if not all the way more to do with them. And it's actually not about you. It's about their pain and how it's coming out. And if you've heard me talk about 
pain and peace cycles in restoration theory, then you understand this. You understand how our wounds lead us, not, not that we don't have a choice in it, but it leads us to these, this destructive coping, our sin. And that wound is what's underneath that bad behavior, that sin. And so every bad behavior that's there, there is a wound underneath it. And so when we can start to, to remember that, it just gives us a different perspective on it all. It, it helps us remember that they're not just out to get us. They're not just this horrible person. Maybe they've made some horrible choices, but there's more to them than there's more to their story than that. And it gives us that ability to do these things on this list where maybe we could actually be kind and patient to them. And maybe we could drop our pride and maybe we don't always insist our on our own way. And we start to see, wow, actually maybe some of the things that they said makes sense. I don't like the way they said them, or I don't like this other thing they said, but there are some things that they said that make sense. And it's slowly as we pray for them and God changes our heart, that is when we are then able to step into loving them. Now, when we talk about loving them, I'm not saying that means that we need to be best friends with them. I'm not saying that we need to invite them over for dinner every night or let them live in our homes or even let them live in our hearts. Like boundaries are necessary. Now, I, I always hesitate to use that word because of what culture has made it. And, and you know, it sounds so similar to like what we we're talking about in the beginning of the bye, Felicia, cancel, culture, cut off, kaput, right? And that's not it. Uh, I would say if we want to rename it like spirit-filled boundaries. If you've ever read the book Boundaries by uh, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. Townsend, that, that's a really great book just to help you understand what that looks like. Um, I also have some uh, episodes on it from last year, I think during the holiday season, I believe. Uh, episodes 35 through 39, I did a little series on boundaries and what that looks like and how to do them biblically. And so we can't just let people walk all over us and, and keep hurting us and do whatever they want and, and take from us. We do need to have boundaries, but those boundaries me- need to be defined by the spirit of God and what God wants and and how God asks us to do things. And so within those boundaries, we can love them. And so now this, this takes some working out. It's not just like a black and white process of this is exactly what it looks like in every relationship. This is where we need to lean into the Holy Spirit. But beautiful thing is, as we're doing this prayer, we're praying for them, God's going to reveal what that looks like. He's going to help you forgive. He's going to help you let go of some things. He's going to give you some wisdom about uh, how to have a conversation or, or what that boundary could look like that would be healthy for both of you. And he's going to reveal all of that to you as you lean into prayer. So mama, I know this is challenging. I know it is goes against so much of what you're feeling, so much of what you feel justified in, so much of what just makes you even maybe feel safe or protected. Um, and I'm not asking you to walk into unsafe situations at all, but I am asking you to allow God to soften your heart and lead you in what he has to say and how he wants you to do things. So 
whether you're you're listening live time and you're about to walk into some holidays with some people that are uh, going to be challenging to sit next to, or maybe it's another time of the year um, and there's another relationship in your life that you know you've been holding resentment in or that you cut off in a way that you don't believe God called you to, then I, my encouragement to you is to start with some prayer. Start praying for them. Start asking God to shift your heart. Start uh, believing for God to shift their heart, you know, because if they are acting in a way that is unloving, they got some pain going on. They got some sin going on, just like you, right? But, but God, they need God more than ever. So of course we should be praying for them. So begin there and let God show you how he is going to shift your heart and through that shift your relationship with them. And sometimes that won't necessarily look a whole lot different. Maybe those, you don't talk to them anymore, but your heart is different towards them and it looks different. And sometimes it will shift how your relationship looks like. Maybe you're going to be called to rekindle a relationship that you just cut off and God's going to show you how to do it in a healthy way where you press back in. Um, everyone, it's going to look different for, but God is going to guide you. So let me just pray for you. And I just encourage you just to prepare for the holidays. Think about any relationships you might be facing and begin praying praying for those as you go in and, and get to, you get to be the light in their world. You get to be the light in that, that Christmas gathering. You get to choose the way of God that goes against culture and it's going to look and feel different than anyone else. But that's such an honor to get to carry God's light into those situations. So let me pray. God, oh, I just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it, it is something, a solid rock that we can stand on that is firm. It is unshakable, God. It does not change. And so whenever we feel lost, whenever we feel confused about what to do or where to go, God, your word has the answer. And God, I thank you for this challenging word, God, that doesn't make sense and isn't comfortable. But God, you know what you're doing. You know what you're telling us, God. And so I just pray for every mama that's listening, Lord, that you would just, oh, just lean in right now, God. Give her some comfort give her some courage to face this. God, I pray that you would just reveal to her the way to walk. God, I pray you would help her to have a heart that is softened to you. God, I pray you would help her just to have the courage to pray for these people in her life that have hurt her, God. And I pray through that you would just shift some things inside of her that God, that she didn't even know needed to be shifted, God. And I pray for restoration in relationships, God, that weren't expected. And I pray for restoration in hearts and healing in hearts that, that that maybe a mama never thought she could ever be healed in this way. God, I pray for just your supernatural work to pour through each of these mamas as they think through this and prepare for the holidays that are coming up, God. And we just pray for your wisdom and what those boundaries can look like. I pray just for spirit-filled boundaries, God, that you would show them what that looks like to both care for themselves and, and love others, God, and, and how to navigate that. We just thank you that you're not going to leave us. Uh, you promise never to leave us or forsake us. You're going to be right there with us in this process, and you're going to be clinging so tightly to us, God. So we just praise your name. Uh, we thank you that, that you're right there with us, even in these really hard, heavy situations, God, but you always have hope waiting, Lord. And we just pray for more hope, more, more peace, more freedom, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama.
If you've found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you. Mama.